I will say that uh, I almost said when I come up here, it I'm almost as nervous as my first time behind the pulpit. But that's not right because I'm actually saying stuff right now. So, <clears throat> yeah. First time I ever stepped behind, not this one, but the other pulpit, was at uh, Erica's graduation. And they wanted me to do the opening prayer. And I couldn't even open my mouth after I saw everybody sitting out there. So he prayed for me, asked everybody to sit down, and then I went and sat down. <clears throat> but, no, I, when I come here, especially, I know the caliber teaching and preaching that y'all are used to, and then you got me, and so uh, I do feel like I've, God's given me something to talk about, and uh, hopefully I can help somebody here tonight before we leave, and uh, that's what I ask God, to do. If, if he just used me to help somebody in their walk with him, and uh, Hopefully you leave this place excited to live for God. That's what it's all about. Living for God. Reaching to others and letting them know how excited you are about what God's doing in your life. Amen. Praise God. You've got your Bibles. We're going to go to Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. We're going to start with verse number 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Have a say amen. Praise God. No, I'm moving slow here because I, I, uh, I want to... I want to make sure that uh, I save my stamina because where I think we're going to head here in just a little bit. <clears throat> Amen. Luke 10, 17 through 21 says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fallen from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. And in verse 21, in that hour, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. So tonight, I want to talk from this subject just for a little bit. I don't know how long it's going to be. We're going to talk about this when Jesus rejoices. We're going to talk about when Jesus rejoices. Can we go to the Lord and pray here this evening? Lord, we
we thank you for it. Can we worship the Lord together all over this place tonight? Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Let's lift up our voices and let's give him glory here this evening. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're, we're going to, I'm going to probably be in a little bit of teaching mode here for just a few moments, but I, I want to get, Brother Weems already heard me teach this or preach this, and, uh, but I want to lay a foundation before I get to where I'm going. Praise God. Here in our text tonight, <clears throat> we can back up to verse number one, and we find that Jesus is sending out these 70, and he is appointing them to go out and to prepare the way for him as he goes about his father's business. Amen. And as they began to go, as before he sent them out, we find here in Luke chapter 10 verse 1, after these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. He wanted them to go feel things out. He wanted them to go spread the word and let them know, hey, one's coming that can change your life forever. Amen. Praise God. You ride with me just for a few moments, won't you? Praise God. Jesus gave these 70, he gave them some instructions. In verse number two, he said, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. He goes on to say, pray ye therefore. Why should I be praying? Because the harvest is great. The harvest is great. And Jesus was telling them this while he's here on the earth. If the harvest was great then, has anything changed today? I submit to you it has not. And the harvest today is still great. Therefore, we still ought to be praying to the Lord of the harvest. Amen. That he would send forth Laborers. When I read this a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, I, I'm going to be honest, this all spurred because you used this little passage when Brother Ben was here, and this is where it was birthed. So this is not uh, something new that y'all haven't heard before, but this is what I've been feeling on my heart. Amen. And this is what I felt tonight as I sought the face of God again. Amen. But I, Jesus was going through... And, and he had a work to get accomplished. And he knew that there were several hungry hearts out there. And he wanted to reach them all. But he couldn't do it as one man. Because we understand that Jesus was fully man, right? He couldn't be everywhere at one time as a man. So he needed some help. And he recruited some disciples that, were, uh, that had experienced being in his presence and he sent them out so that they could bear witness of what was going on 
when the Lord came on the scene. You with me tonight? But Jesus said as he, he began to commission these 70 to go out, he said, I want you to be praying as you go. And I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends laborers. Wait a minute, he's talking to the laborers. And he tells the laborers to pray for more laborers. I think we can learn from this passage of scripture. Here I am tonight talking to some laborers in the field. And I think it's time for us, I know we need to pray for revival. But as I begin to look at this scripture, I begin to think about it. And I've been praying, God, I want you to send me some hungry hearts. I want you to send me some people that want to change their life. And I really do. But I don't just want hungry people just to come and sit on a pew and do absolutely nothing. But I want a group of people that God says, hey, these people are hungry for change in their life. I want them, I'm going to send them to you. But not only are they hungry for me to change their life right now, but they're hungry enough that they're going to reach out to somebody else. And they're going to get to work. And they're going to put their shoulder to the plow right alongside everybody else. And they're going to say, hey, we've got to see some more people saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send some more laborers. Send laborers, God. We need more laborers. There's too much of the harvest for just a few of us to go out there and to bring in. We need more people to help us reach the lost. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. The next thing that we find in him instructing this people, he says to them, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes and salute no man by the way. The second thing he told these people, first of all, he said, I want you to pray for more laborers. Secondly, I want you to go completely trusting that I'm going to direct your steps and that I'm going to provide for you. Go in faith. Can I put it that way? Go in faith. Go praying. Go in faith. Go praying, go in faith. You hear me tonight? Go praying and go in faith. Praise God. And the last thing that he said was this. And into whatsoever house that you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall not turn to you again. So the third thing I find is he is sending them in peace. We're not going to attack what they may believe or not believe. We're not going to uh, argue with them about why they're wrong and we're right. That's not peaceful. But we ought to reach them in peace and love. Amen. So first of all, he says, go praying. And in faith. And in peace. Now granted, I will say, you go in peace. But I'm sure there are going to be some that are going to uh, be um, opposing to what you have to offer. Jesus said, just... Once you leave that city, 
wipe the dust off your shoes and, and move on and move on. My folks, uh, this is, I don't want to just stay right here on soul winning, but it, this is where we're at right now. So this is what we're going to talk about. But we, we, we run into some folks. Most of us, everybody here has been in the church for quite some time. But a lot of times we'll run into people, Pastor, that, that want to just debate you all the time. And, and they want you to help them all the time, but they never want to be at church and they never want to submit to God. I still love them. I still want to see them saved. But after some time, it's time to say, okay, I've got to go find somebody else. You with me tonight? Because if we get stuck on one person, how many are we going to lose over the one? Does that make sense tonight? And so, if we go in peace, we're going to have to also discern some spirits. We're going to have to be discerning and allow His Spirit to lead us and guide us and all that good stuff. Amen. And, and uh, we all know how Pastor feels about soul winning and, and, and all that great stuff. But Jesus sent these men out. He said, I want you to go. I want you to go praying that more laborers are come. I want you to go believing I'm going to take care of you and not to worry about anything. And I want you to go in peace, discerning their spirits. And if they don't want me, I'm not coming. Amen. And so he sent these men out. And they went out about the Father's business. And as Jesus had directed them. And, and they went out into these different cities. And, and uh, obviously they had, they had seen some success in some of the areas that they had gone into. And, and we find that uh, as they come back, they come back rejoicing. Very, very excited about what has taken place. They were excited because they were seeing demons cast out of people. They were excited because some blind were seeing now and, and some deaf were hearing now and, and people's needs were being met when they went in Jesus' name. They were excited. And you want, you want to know something? If somebody walked in here... I've never seen a blind eye open before. I'd get pretty excited about it. I really would. We'd have some kind of church around here. If somebody came in here in a wheelchair and they stood up and they hadn't walked in months, we'd all get pretty excited about that. Because there's something exciting when the Holy Ghost begins to move in our midst. And he sent these men out and they came back to him, and they were all excited, saying, Jesus, I want you I want you to know, in your name, we had all kinds of power, and we're excited, and they're slapping each other on the back, giving each other high fives. Did you see what happened in that city? And they're all making big ado with one another and having a good time. And they came to Jesus and told him, in verse Number 17, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. Through your name. It's a great thing to have power in Jesus' name. 
It's an exciting thing to know we have power in Jesus' name. The bishop was talking about it tonight, even as he was, he was, he was talking to us about it. And uh, the fact is, when we have the Holy Ghost, that power is available to each and every one of us at any given moment. And I'm thankful for that tonight. That's something to get excited about. Amen. Is anybody excited about that tonight? I mean, the bishop asked, has God healed anybody? Has God provided for you when it seemed it was impossible? That's exciting. That's a testimony that I have to tell somebody else, hey, guess what the Lord has done for me? This power that lives inside of me, all I've got to say is, Jesus, I need a little something right now. And guess what? He sta- all heaven stands at attention waiting for him to say, hey, go take care of my child right now. There's power in the name of Jesus. We've seen things transpire. I've preached about it so many times, I may wear it out one day, but in my mind, it'll never be worn out. Because she was my sister, and she was facing, I watched her when she was, she would get in trouble with mom and dad. I remember watching her, she just all of a sudden just went, and just looked through mom and dad, and you could tell there was no comprehension in her whatsoever, and we were like, what in the world is going on? And, and, and I can remember Mom and dad were worried about her, and, and they went to the doctors, and, and, and they, they put her on some medicine, but they, from what I understand, even to this day, epilepsy is still incurable. I have a couple of friends. Uh, one of them, he owns the Chick-fil-A over off of 135th and 69th Highway. His wife, is a, she has ep- epilepsy, and, and she can't even drive anymore because it has gotten so bad. And, and uh, when I met her, I actually went home and I wept because I thought this could have been my sister. This could have been my sister. But my God responded to somebody that was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. That had faith that my God can do anything that I put before him. And she, my mom brought her down and the preacher laid his hand upon her head. And from that day forward, she has not had another epilepsy seizure since then. And that was back in 1996. And I'm thankful today that she is doing great and wonderful and well. Amen. And that, that's just a testimony of the power that we have. At our, at our, at our, uh, at our, at our fingertips, uh, if we would just open our eyes and reach out to Him, just like we all, just, just like He wants us to. <sighs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We can talk about Sister Susie, Sister Susie Shaw. I don't know how many of those. You that are here tonight, a few of us remember Sister Susie. She was here on Sunday morning, I believe it was. I was playing the drums over there on that side of the church. And uh, I remember seeing my uncle come and signal to my father-in-laws, we're having song service. And, and uh, he came back two or three times, on how many times? And finally my father-in-law said, let's just pray church. I'm going to go find out what's going on in the back of the church. He got back, their sister Susie had collapsed in the bathroom, dead. She was not breathing. She was, there was no signs of life. There was a registered nurse back there. She said, I've, I've dealt with this many times. And Pastor Reagan walks in the bathroom, and all he does was say, 
Jesus. Is that right? All he said was Jesus. And Sister Susie starts getting back up off the ground on her own. There's power in the name of Jesus. So there's power in the name of Jesus. And I'm, to, I'm here to tell you tonight, in this room, if you need anything, if you need anything from God, he can provide it for you because there is still power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I could go on and on and on and talk about different things that I've heard or even been a part of that God has stepped in just because his child began to call his name. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for the power that we have in Jesus. And it's all right to get excited about what God's been doing for us. But when Jesus heard what these men began to express to him, he looked at them. And he said this in verse number 18. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He goes on in verse 19. He said, behold, I give you power. You power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, you hear me, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Something funny just popped in my mind. First time I taught this lesson in Lynn Valley, a lesson on Mark, is actually Mark 16. <laughs> there was a man there, he's an ex-Methodist preacher, and I brought up Mark 16. Began to, and that, that's the next verse. It said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and, they, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. I kid you not, after that Bible study that night, he cornered me after everybody left. He said, hey, I just got a question. You guys don't bring snakes in your church, do you? <laughs> I said, no, if I find a snake in my church, I can promise you it's going to be dead in a couple of seconds. Amen. But uh, we have power. The Apostle Paul, he, he, he was bitten by a serpent. He was bitten by the serpent. After he, he was shipwrecked, he was bitten by a serpent. That's the perfect example. It was an accident. He didn't know that serpent was in there, but it leaped out. It latched on to him. Everybody saw that it latched on to him. He shook it back off into the fire. It, he should have been dead the next morning according to what the scripture said, but, but he wasn't because he was a child of God. And you want to know something? If I'm a child of God, I have that power living right here inside of me. It doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what you face on a regular basis. It don't matter what people have to say about you. If you're the child of God, you still have power right living inside of you that you don't have to worry. Hey, I'm, I'm worried about what they're going to do to me. Hey, don't worry about them. Let, let's, let's worry about the king of kings. Let's worry about what God has in store for his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to understand, boys. I saw Satan. That one that you're excited you have power over? Yeah, that guy. 
I watched him. In fact, if you want to know the truth of the matter, I did it. I kicked him out of, out of heaven. And I watched him fall like lightning. So no wonder you have that kind of power. There's no wonder you have that kind of power. Because I'm giving it to you. That doesn't take me by surprise. You with me tonight? I'm almost where I want to be. We have power. You let me take this application from Acts 1. And ye shall receive what? What was that? Power. Power. I shall receive power. Power. Dunamis. Explosive power. Power that can break things apart. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Power. He has given to me power to be a witness. But that power that he's given to me to be a witness is to be able to walk up into my city and say, devil, you can't touch this. This is the Lord's harvest. I've come to take the Lord's harvest. And he's given me power. Do you know how I know? Because I know his spirit's living inside of me. And all power, he said it tonight, is given unto me. When? Where? In heaven and in earth. So there's nothing that would ever take God by surprise. It might surprise us, and it often does. But with that power that lives inside of us, we don't have to stay surprised for long. All we've got to do is cry out, Jesus! <laughs> kind of like the, uh, the, the beggar that, that needed to sight back, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm a bit overwhelmed over here right now, but I know there's still power in your name. I just need you to come and help me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said this in Mark 16, before I get too far ahead of myself. He said this. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Shall follow them. Not the other way around. Not believers following signs, but signs following believers. What that tells me, I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes the last time, and it's just something that hit me while I was here on the platform tonight. Jesus wasn't excited about it because that's just what comes along with salvation. It's just, it's a part of the package. It's, it's what you get just, how we like to say it in the developer world, out of box. Or OOB, if it's in an email. Out of box. It's, it's just a part of the package. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you just get the power. And it's 
right there for easy access whenever you need it. Just use it as, as, as needed. And I think sometimes I use it more than is needed because I know he wants to see me through. Amen. Praise God. So I, I put this in here, and I don't know if it's original with me, but I said true believers are not followers of miracles. Miracles are followers of true believers. It's the truth. Miracles, true believers are not followers of miracles. But the miracles are followers of a true believer. Somebody that is filled with the Holy Ghost. It ought to just happen. When somebody comes into the house of God and they have a need... And we're praying with them. It ought to not take us by surprise when they get their need met because there's power when we begin to call on the name of the Lord. I'm not trying to oversimplify this thing. And if I am, I apologize. But it's really that simple. You just got to have a little bit of faith in the power that he's already given to you. And you've got to utilize that power. Amen. And, and it ought not to be surprised when it actually happens. You know what? We ought to be getting to the place of church. We ought to get to the place where it surprises us, Sister Jasmine, when it doesn't work when we ask him. That is disappointing. When we ask him. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer that he hadn't answered before? Was it because he couldn't handle it? Or was it because maybe it wasn't that time? Or maybe it wasn't, was it because you don't need it? But my God can do anything. He's got the power. He's got the power. He's got the power. He's got the power. My God can do anything. Oh, yes, he can. Man, is anybody with me tonight? Does anybody believe what I'm talking about tonight? My God can do anything that I ask. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Ephesians tells us, that he can do exceeding abundantly above anything that I can ask or I can even think. Maybe I'll get to the rest of this, but let me help. I feel some unbelief in here, and we gotta, we got we got to help somebody here tonight. I, I'm not mad at the spirit of unbelief. He likes to show up a lot. But what I am, I, I want to see, I want somebody's faith to be boosted here tonight. I want you to understand, we still serve a God that can, he can, he can heal the brokenhearted. He can, he can take a, a, a soul that's so messed up and he can turn their life around in an instant. I made a statement a while ago, I've never seen God open the blinded eyes. I've also never seen God open a deaf ear. But Brother Andrew, does that mean God can't do it? 
No. He just ain't done it where I've been there. And I'm not saying he's going to do it tonight. But it don't have to be a blinded eye. It could be one of two. It could be spiritual or it could be physical. They're both as necessary as the other. Amen. You've been sick in body. I know I was. You know what? I sent some text messages out. I, I text Brother Merriman. I said, hey, I'm worried that I can't even make it to church tonight on Wednesday. Because I was bad sick. I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just telling you the truth of what happened. I had been sick since 3 o'clock in the morning. I began praying. I had been praying all day. I knew Brother Weems was going to be there. I said, hey, Brother Weems, I don't know about church tonight. I said, but will you pray, please? Did I, did I call you, Brother? I, I text Brother Merriman. I said, Brother Merriman, I don't want to make a big ado about anything. But I need to touch a God because if I go to the church feeling the way I do right now, there's not going to be any service. And I, and I wasn't trying to pull any punches. I kid you not, not one hour later, I was able to get out of the bed and to walk around with just a headache left. And God touched my headache before I got to the church. I got up and I, I said, all right, God, you've already touched me this far. I'm going on to the church. We're going to have church and I went on to the church and we had church. But that's only because my God can still heal our bodies when we're sick. I have to say it was God because my wife's carried on for two more days. My God can do anything. My God can do anything. Oh, are you hearing me tonight? God can do anything that we need. In this place. What is it that you need from him? Did you need a good renewing of the Holy Ghost? My God can do anything. Do you need him to touch? I don't know. I, I'm not even going to try to bring anything up. What is it that you want from God? He can do anything. He's got the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God can do anything. He can do anything. And if you want him to do it for you tonight, I want you to, I challenge you to ask him to do it for you before you leave this place tonight. It may be a day, maybe two, but he will always show up right on time. I don't care what it is you're facing. But true believers, we don't necessarily follow just those miracles. Oh, we shouldn't. Let me say it that way. We shouldn't. But those miracles will follow a true believer. No matter how, how exciting, no matter how exciting, this thing that I've been talking about for the last however long is that God can help me and God can change me and God can... Heal me. And, and God can do anything that we ask or think. <clears throat> no matter how exciting that is. Jesus tells his disciples in verse number 20. He said, notwithstanding. Yeah, I gave to you power. To tread upon scorpions and serpents. And, and over all the devils. 
I've given you all that power. He said, but notwithstanding, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. Don't rejoice in just the fact that I have given you power. I, I, I know it's exciting. It, it's worth getting excited about. I don't want to downplay any of that. It's exciting when lives are changed. It's, it's exciting when healing happens. It's exciting when the dead are raised. Amen. That's pretty amazing. But Jesus said, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. It's great that we have power in the name of Jesus. It's great that when demons try to suppress us, all we got to do is cry out, Jesus. But Jesus tells his disciples, he said, don't rejoice in this. But what I want you to rejoice in, Sister Rissa, is the fact that your name is written in heaven, that you've been filled with my spirit, that, you, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what you ought to get excited about. That's what ought to make, make you want to go and high-five your buddy a couple times. It ought to make you want to run him back and, and slap him on the back and say, Hey, guess what? I got the Holy Ghost, and I'm excited more than anything in my life that I, my life has been changed. Yes, <sighs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's great that we have power, but that's just a part of the deal. That's what we get out of the box. That's, that's what comes in the package when we're filled with the Spirit. But Jesus said, hey, I want you to rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. That's what the most exciting thing ought to be. I want you to stop and think about this for just a moment. And I'm coming down to a close. I really am. I'm going to wrap this up here in just a few moments. Amen. You may respond like they did at my church the other night. Amen. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you guys will get excited about what God's done in your life. But I, I don't really care. I just feel like this is what God's put upon my heart for us to realize, hey, we got something that not everybody in this world has. We have an opportunity to have a relationship with the almighty God of the universe, the one that spoke everything into existence, the the one that has all power, amen, and he can live inside of each and every one of our hearts, amen, and if you've got the Holy Ghost today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's what we ought to be rejoicing over in this house tonight. That's what we ought to be giving glory to God for. Hallelujah. 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 You gotta understand, Jesus wasn't just saying these things. One thing that I have noticed about Jesus throughout the scripture is simply this. He wasn't one to say, do as I do, do as I say, and not as I do. He, he, he really followed through. He lived what he preached. He really did. And I'll prove it to you. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 21, I'm not going to read the whole, other, the whole verse, just the first part. 
It said, in that hour. Brother Josh, you got that verse already? Chance? No? Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 21. I don't want them to think I'm lying to them. Hallelujah. The Bible said, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. So, all right. I'm a Hilton, okay? I'm very simple when I think about things. When I read this passage of Scripture, I began thinking about, they had this conversation. He had this conversation with the 70. And then they went on, they said, in that hour, right? And so after that conversation happened, they're going about their business. Let me ask you something. Has anything ever exciting happened? Has anything exciting ever happened to you that you just couldn't let go? And that later it came back to your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah? You see what I'm talking about? Jesus was talking to the disciples, the 70, and he said, Hey, I don't want you rejoicing just because you have power. Oh. Woo. But Jesus said, Hey, I want you to, I want you to know. Hey, I want you to rejoice because your name's written in heaven. And he said that, and they went about their business. I can just imagine Jesus, he's, he's walking along, and all of a sudden, he's whoa, yes. Yeah? You with me tonight? And I can imagine the disciples, they're probably done, they done forgot everything he said. Because that's what happened when the preacher talks. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm having too much fun. But Jesus, walking on down the road, and all of a sudden, woo, hallelujah. The disciples look at each other. What's wrong with him? I can imagine later on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And they're just like, man, why is he so excited? I can't, I can't believe it. But the Bible said, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. And he began to praise God. And he began to thank God for what he had been doing in the, in the midst of the people that he had been working with. And, and he began to worship God. He got excited. He was practicing what he was preaching. He said, hey, I want you, Brother Nick, I want you to get excited about the fact that your name's written in heaven. The man, he got to thinking, oh, Man, those 70 guys, I sent them. I gave them the power. Man, there's going to be a day. There's 120 in, in, in the upper room. And all of a sudden, in Acts 2, you, you see, all of a sudden, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one mind and one accord. And, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And 120 names were written in heaven. Man, I can tell you what. There was some kind of shouting service going on in heaven. Woo! 120 more people written down in a book. And later on, Peter began preaching. And all of a sudden, amen, after he finished preaching, the people said, hey, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every 
Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And the Bible said later on, it said, and 3,000 more souls were added. And I'm telling you, another shout down began to take place in heaven. They were getting excited. Hey, look what's going down down in earth. 3,000 more souls were written down in the book tonight. You say you're crazy. It said he just he just rejoiced in spirit. He did it, he did it reverently. He he kept it to himself. I don't believe that. Not for a second. You know why? Because the Greek word. <laughs> Woo! The Greek word that that was translated rejoice from. Agaliahu, right? Okay, close enough. <laughs> I'm not talking to any Greek people. So <laughs> but it just simply means to jump for joy. Mm-hmm. To exalt. <laughs> to be glad with exceeding joy. To rejoice, and it has in parentheses, greatly. Has anybody in this place ever rejoiced greatly just by sitting there like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Maybe some of you do it that way. I don't know. But me, I told you I was simple. I knock pews over and I knock, I knock altars over and stuff. The people in my church, when we came to your, your 21st anniversary, uh, I was running the aisles. We were singing in the choir. I took off running. And my folks were late coming in the back. And all they saw was I went down and I did a couple somersaults. I came back up and I knocked the altar down on the floor. And they still laugh about it to this day. But that's the kind of greatly rejoicing that I know about. I don't know about any calm, cool, collected. Just, <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was all right. No, because you go to Acts chapter number, chapter number three or four when that 5,000 were added. I can't remember. Peter, it was three. Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer. Oh, y'all ain't feeling what I'm feeling. Oh, man. They went to the church. And they were doing what Jesus said. Go and pray. Yeah, that's what he said. Go and pray. And so they went to the church at the hour of prayer. And there was somebody that needed something. Imagine that. Somebody needing something at church. Got there to the church and there's somebody sitting outside the church that needed something. Peter looked at him and said, man, look on me. And that lame man looked at him. I don't want you touching me. I don't know what you got. I'll look at him. No, just kidding. <laughs> Maybe I ought to look at you. Ah, it's all right. Peter looked at that lame man. He said, look on me. And he looked on him. And Peter reached down and grabbed his hand. And he pulled him up. And he leaping up stood. And the Holy Ghost healed that man that day. You know why the Holy Ghost touched that man? Because Peter wasn't stingy with what he got. 
He said, such as I have, I'm going to give to you. It's not going to be money because I'm a Pentecostal preacher and I ain't got that kind of stuff. You can have a seat. But he said, I'm going to give you what I got, Sister Rissa. And he reached down and he pulled that guy up and he jumped up and he leaped and walked and, and he praising God into the temple. And you know what, what happened? They gave a Pentecostal preacher an opportunity to preach the word of God again. And he got to preaching the word of God and a crowd began to form. And at least 5,000 people later, Peter finished t- preaching what God laid upon his heart that day. And the Bible said, 5,000 more. That angel must have been, I, hope, I don't know, maybe they're magical at writing names, I don't know. But they, they, they were writing names like crazy that day. 5,000 more. Man, they were having a shout down up in heaven. Jesus, I can just imagine. Amen. He's, oh, 5,000 more. 5,000 more. Hey, hey, Gabriel, did you see that? 5,000 more names were written in the book in heaven. That's 5,000 more people that I can have a personal relationship with. That's 5,000 more people that I can work with and I can, I can commune with on a regular basis. Oh, I hope this excites somebody about living for God. Jesus gets more excited than you evidently do about living for God because I can tell you something. As I'm preaching tonight, I can just imagine, hey, he's looking here at the true church, and he's saying, hey, I remember. I remember when your name was written down. Hey, I remember, Reagan, when your name was written down. Tori, I, I remember that too. Amen, Sister Desiree. I remember writing your name down. Amen, and he began to look down in this place, and he's up there and he's getting excited because the fact that you're still here and you're in his presence and he's got an opportunity to work in our hearts one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, after he done got through talking to them boys, 70 of those guys, he said, just tell them, look, just get excited because your name is written down. <laughs> Later on, he's thinking about it again. Woo! <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Woo! Those guys' names are written in heaven, and I know I'm going to be able to spend eternity with them. I'm talking about when Jesus rejoices here tonight. If Jesus gets excited about it, I think it it, it ought to make us want to get excited a little bit about it. Hallelujah. Well, I can tell you're not convinced. I got a little bit more. I hope I can convince you before I'm done tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus gets excited. Jesus gets excited when he begins to think about the names written in heaven. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. When he begins to think about it, he gets beside himself. Yeah, that's what that meaning means. That's what the word means. He got beside himself. He got excited. He began to jump. He began to let everybody know around him, hey, guess what? I'm excited right now. And let me tell you why. Hallelujah. So, if it's not good enough for you, 
that Jesus gets excited. I got something else for you. Jesus came along later in Luke chapter 15. Yeah, he did. Because he wanted, to, he wanted to put the point out there. Hey, I'm not the only one, guys, that gets excited. Somebody else gets excited. Uh, several somebody else's get excited. Yeah, they do. Got your Bibles? Luke 15. Verses 4 through 7. He tells this parable. He said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if you lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders. Huh? Rejoicing. He lays it on his shoulders. I saw that, sister. Larissa, I saw it. It's like, yeah, he breaks their legs. Prove a point. But he still puts them on the shoulders, and he's excited that he found them. I'm just picking on you. <laughs> and while he's on his shoulder, maybe this is just, this is the, Jesus, he's the one with the sheep on his shoulder. I don't know. And he's excited. And he's rejoicing. But you want to know something? The shepherd wasn't the only one that wanted to rejoice. Because you move on. To verse 6. And it said when he came home, he called together his friends and his neighbors. Everybody he could think of off the top of his head. Hey, guess what? Joe, I want you to come on by. We're going to have a party. Mm -hmm. Hey, will you, tell, will you tell Ben? I got to call a bunch of other folks. He hangs up. He just starts calling people. Hey, come on to my house. We're throwing a party tonight. You know why? Because I found a sheep. The one that was lost. Hey, yeah. You remember I was telling you I lost somebody? Guess what? I found him. And I brought him home, Brother Nick. And I'm pretty excited about it. And I just want everybody else to be just as excited as I was. So guess what? We're going to throw a party tonight because I found one more sheep that was lost. He said, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, Jesus said, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one, one sinner that repents. Hallelujah. That's not good enough for you? Well, Jesus had to tell two stories that day too, so we're going to go on. Verse number 8. He, he says, either what woman of you, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, doesn't light a candle and sweeps the entire house and begins to seek diligently until she finds it. And when she hath found it, she calls 
some of her girlfriends. I think this would be like one of those parties that Sister Des and, and Laura and Larissa have all the time. Well, uh, am I telling you the truth or not? Y'all have a good time when you get together, right? You party it up, having a good time because you love each other. But this woman, she had a reason why she wanted to have a party that day. Because something was of very high value. It had been lost. What more high value is your soul than anything in this world? Your soul, it was lost. But it has been found. Through the blood of Jesus. And Jesus is getting excited. Hey, ah, that's another name in heaven. 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 And she called her friends and she said, come on over to the house tonight. We're going to have us some kind of party because Guess what? I found that lost coin. And Jesus said in verse 10, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. One sinner. What would happen? Man, if it's just one sinner, I think it's the Holy Ghost. Just one of them. And all of heaven goes berserk. Man, what happened on the day of Pentecost? <laughs> oh, man, y'all ain't getting what I'm trying to say tonight. I'm telling you, there was some kind of rejoicing. And I'm telling you, there's some good heaven rejoicing tonight. Why? Because those people's names that he wrote in heaven, whatever day it was, you got the Holy Ghost. It's still there. And we've come into his house tonight. Yeah, he's helped us. But if that doesn't excite you enough, it ought to be enough excitement to know that when Jesus, you say, well, it says when they get saved. Wait a minute. Jesus was thinking about it later. Jesus was thinking about it after he had been teaching those people. Is it okay to assume that their names had already been written, but yet he's thinking about it again, and he's getting excited about it? I'm telling you, we ought to be some kind of excited when we think about the goodness of what God has done in our life. He saved your soul. He saved you from a burning hell. He filled you with his spirit, which gave you his power. That's something worth rejoicing over. Can we stand tonight? Can we stand tonight? Man, I'm telling you, if it's, if it's worth, if it's something that the angels... We'll rejoice over. Man, it ought to be something. It ought to be something that we, as the people of God, ought to rejoice over on a regular basis. If not on a daily basis, when we're praying in the morning. <laughs> 
My God, I can't thank you enough for saving my soul. If you don't do anything else, I just want you to know I'm excited. I'm rejoicing in the fact that my name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, this is something that was put across the entire New Testament. It is. It really is. And I'm just going to pull one scripture out that Paul wrote to Thessalonica. Because I can't sing much more, obviously. But he told the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 14. He said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. I'm sorry, I never saw that before. Never dawned on me to, to right now. <laughs> All right. The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a what? What, Brother Nick? Anybody else see that? He's still rejoicing. He's still rejoicing. Hey, I'm going to get those people that I wrote their names down. Hey, I, they're, they're going to come home with me today. Hey, guess what? I'm going to bring them home. We're going to spend eternity together. Oh, hallelujah. I'm sure that word shout means some uh, something vocal. But where I come from, the word shout means something completely different. When you are shouting, you were dancing, and you were hollering, and you were making some kind of ruckus. Maybe I'm too naive, but I can just imagine the Lord himself descending, and he's shouting, and he's dancing, and he's excited. I'm getting my people and we're going home today. Hallelujah. The archangel is going to be there rejoicing just along with him. And the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's exciting stuff. That's exciting stuff. But Paul wasn't wasting his voice. And he wasn't wasting ink when he was writing this letter. Because in verse 18, he said, this is why I wrote this to you. I want you to understand the whole reason we're living is so we can spend eternity with him. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. He wrote our names down. 
and we're going to go home and be with him. And he's excited about it. He said, but I want you guys to understand that. But this is why I need you to understand it. Because, verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. And so this preacher has come to you tonight just to encourage you in the Lord. Because one day, the Lord himself is going to descend with a shout. He's going to be excited to come and get you and me and take us home to be with him for eternity. Amen. I think it ought to do us some good for just a little while here tonight. Why don't we spend some time rejoicing that our names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord here tonight. Let's worship.